Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast, a show all for women about living your best life and fulfilling your passions from the backcountry to the table. No matter where you are, what hurdles you faced, or where you want to go next, we're right here on this journey with you. It's time to take charge, pave your way, and create success. Oh my gosh, I am so pumped to be recording this episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast today because I am sitting at home. The weather's kind of moved in. It's feeling definitely like fall around here. Just got back from Alaska last weekend, and I'm going to be honest, it feels so nice to be home. I had an incredible adventure. I enjoyed it so much. I soaked up every single day of the 12 days I was there, including the 10 days in the backcountry that were filled with so many things. All the things were packed into that 10 days, and I'm going to start this episode by giving you a little bit of the insight as to how that all went down and what it looked like and the things that I experienced. But today's episode is a Q&A with your questions being answered today on the episode. So I'm excited about that. But first, I want to just get into what Alaska looked like, a little bit of how I prepared for it and the experiences that I had. And it's funny because I I did post about this a little bit in my Instagram on my feed. um, And I've obviously talked to a few friends and stuff about it. But my driving force for going into this trip was the unknown of what I would experience and the, the elements, the terrain, the wildlife, you know, all of that to me was an opportunity to see something I've never seen. Um, and, and I couldn't pass that up. So when um, Gina Shively, um, Wild and Well Fed on Instagram, when she talked to me about this trip and said, hey, I'm planning this girl's trip. It's going to be a sheep hunt. You know, I think these people are coming, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, count me in. It sounds amazing. And in the back of my head, though, I'll be honest, I was scared to death. I was like, okay, there's grizzly bears, there's brown bears, there's, you know, possibly crazy storms. And, you know, obviously, when you're in the mountains, anything is possible, they can bring in their own system. So I just didn't know what to expect. And I was very aware that this was like outside of my realm of knowledge, which for a lot of people, I think that kind of like is the the negotiating or deciding factor in choosing to do something or not do something is like, well, I don't know about it, or I'm not prepared, or I don't know if I can be as tough as I need to be for those elements. And for me, this place that I'm at in my life, which is a good place, I just knew it was time for me to do something that truly challenged who I am. And the strength, both both physically and mentally, getting through this, you know, and there are harder things. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. But for me, this was the hardest physical and mental battle I've gone through as a human being. It was absolutely incredible. It was awful. I loved it. I hated it. It was it was literally all the things. That's all I can say is it was all the things. And going into this trip, so I showed up to her house. Oh, heavens. I can't even tell you what day it was now. Um, two days early, um, which ended up being by default because her husband was coming back from a caribou hunt and he was weathered in. So things got shifted around by about a day and a half. 
Um, but I showed up to her house and I'm like, okay, I have my gear list. Everything's packed. I've planned out my food. I've, you know, calculated my calories and my, you know, perceived energy needs for the trip. So I feel like at least I'll survive. You know, I had a few essentials in my, in my pack that were ready to go just in case, you know, things hit the fan. So, you know, just kind of going into, and she's like, well, you know, we started to chat about this on the hike in. She's like, well, do you have expectations for the trip? And I said, honestly, I don't. And it's one thing where I've really tried to not have expectations because I feel like if I did, I would be like, I would have these preconceived ideas of what it should or shouldn't be. And it was nice to just kind of go into it with this empty mind of, okay, I have the things that, that, you know, are required of me on this trip, but I'm here. And every day that I wake up, I have the opportunity to see, feel, touch, and be a part of things that in my daily life never even come close to replicating these kind of things. So it was really cool. Um, we hiked in for a few days, the, the air quality and the, um, the, uh, you know, viewing into the mountains and stuff, our visualization was pretty limited because they've got some fires in the area. So that was more apparent for us on the first three days. In fact, on our third day, it kind of held us up um, in one area for most of the day. We didn't cover much ground because we just didn't want to move past a certain viewing area. And we knew that if we waited until morning, we'd probably have a better vantage. So we, we kind of held up there. And then actually spotted rams deeper in, um, about 25 miles in when we finally spotted the rams um, on day five. <clears throat> so it was it was pretty neat to finally find a very apparent legal ram and to be making our way in. But the thing about that is when you're 25 miles from your the, the nearest car, which is miles and miles and miles and hours away from like comforts or, you know, normal civilization or emergency help, it definitely starts to feel like every step you take takes you further and further away from normal. I definitely felt this kind of mindset shift back there and going like my normal thought process, the things that will come through my mind, the concerns I have, the worries, the thoughts about work or clients or the podcast or, you know, the this or that, they just like almost dissipate as you get farther back there. And it was pretty incredible because I'm not somebody who typically forgets about work. In fact, it's kind of my downfall to some degree that I'm constantly creating, constantly thinking about things, trying to grow, trying to improvise, trying to improve. And you know, laying down in bed at night, there's always this thought of work or what I should be doing or how I could be doing things better. And on this trip, I had zero of that, like literally had zero thoughts of work. I definitely thought about my clients. I wondered how they were doing, but I was not concerned. I was just in the moment living essentially in this, this vast, rugged, open country. And it was nice because going in, I told my mom, I said, you know, she, she is a supporter, but at the same time, my mom doesn't know anything about the lifestyle that I have and the desires that I have. And so, you know, she was supporting the trip, but she said to me like, why, you know, she was obviously worried. She said, well, why do you need to go on this trip? And I know I've said this before, but just to restate, I wanted to feel like the insignificant 
small, vulnerable human being that I truly am. And it's hard to experience that in the comforts of right now in my office, sitting in my warm chair with a blanket and a flannel on and looking outside at the elements. Like you don't get to experience who you truly are, I don't believe, when you never put yourself in the position to be who you truly are, which is this tiny little human being breathing air on the earth. And I started to realize several years ago when I began to travel more and, you know, go different places and drive around and we did all these road trips and, you know, we'd be driving for seven hours through Oregon and we're like, you know, said to my kids, boys, we're still in Oregon. And just think about how big, look out your windows and see how much land you can see and look how far away the mountains are and how big the lakes are and how these, you know, sage flats go on forever. And we're still in our home state. And it's pretty, I don't even know the right word, eye-opening, humbling, um, encouraging to see how big of a world we truly live in. And I'm only seeing these little bits and pieces. So for me, it's, it's definitely been an igniter for me to be hungry, to do more things and to put myself in positions, not that, not that are not safe, but that make me vulnerable because the self-reliance I had to have on this trip to get my water, to make my food, to move my butt through the mountains and to navigate through, you know, beating the brush and crossing scree fields that literally you, you didn't know how a human being could do it other than you'd have to try and see how it worked out. I mean, like those things for me were so, <sighs> it's hard to explain. And I think I think I can do it at some point, but even now getting home a week ago, it's hard for me to describe this trip. And I've had, uh, thankfully, several people, you know, many, many people ask me like, well, how was it? And what did you think? And there's a huge part of me that can, you know, tell these stories. If you watched my Instagram, Her Outdoor Journey, if you've watched my stories and if you've seen my daily recap posts, You'll get some detail of what it was, but I cannot even truly explain the gravity that this trip has had on my perspective, on my confidence, and just my overall view of what I want to do, where I want to go, how I want to spend it, what struggle really is. And I think I'll do a full episode on this podcast at some point, so I'll leave this kind of short and sweet, but... I have to give a shout out to a girl that gave me so much fuel on this trip. A a woman who is encouraging and inspiring to me and who is an absolutely incredible human being who's gone through hell and back and, you know, fought the daily struggle. Uh, Kirstie Ennis, um, she is somebody that I look up to, I think, more than any other human being on earth. She gives me so much motivation to to try and to not limit myself by thinking I can't because this woman and if you don't know her you need to go back and listen to her episode um, mindset matters I believe is the episode Um, and I'll link to it in the show notes but she is uh, a wounded veteran she served our country she was bombed uh, down in her helicopter and has just fought the good fight to get back to where she is. And now she lives her life to serve other people. And on this trip, I thought so many times, Courtney, 
don't be a, you know what, don't be a pansy for lack of better words on this show. And I kept thinking it over and over and over. And as I would take steps that literally felt like they should be my last steps, I kept thinking about Kirsty and the fact that she lives life with one leg, with limitations that she doesn't allow to stop her in the things that she's doing, the life she's pursuing. I mean, she's climbing Everest. She's summiting the biggest summits in the entire world with one leg. She does life with one leg. And here I am to be in those moments and feeling like, gosh, I don't know. Can I, can I do this? Can I go farther? Can I stay longer? Like, what are my limitations? And I thought, Courtney, like, you don't have limitations. You may have to stop every day. You might have to take a break. You might have to sit down. You might have to stretch out. But you don't have limitations. Our minds are what keep us from doing the things we want to do, for pushing past the hard side stuff to reach success. They limit who we become and where we go and the things that we do because we don't think we can do it. We tell ourselves we can't do it. We stop when things get hard. And Kirstie was such a, a breath of fresh air. She was always in my mind. And my struggles are tiny compared to the things that she's gone through. You should check out the episode. It is episode number eight, The Ultimate Test of Will with Kirsty Ennis. And I will link to that in the show notes. But now let's move past this recap and get into your questions that I'm answering right now. I think it's probably only appropriate to segue into the first question related to confidence. The question comes from Kaylee out of Washington, who I had the pleasure of hiking Mount St. Helens with earlier this year. Uh, it was a grueling hunt, or excuse me, it was a grueling hike. We had so much fun, but the conditions were awful. I've talked about that in another episode, but um, it was, I was pretty impressed with her. She is not somebody that hikes a ton, um, but and I think... There was a direct quote from her saying, never again, but I'm pretty sure she'll probably be back out there at some point. She did amazing. Her question is, how have you built your confidence? Where's the best place to start? And are there things that you need to detach from? And I really appreciated this question a ton because I know for sure that it's something that we all think about, we all wonder about, like, we all struggle with to some degree, some of us a little and some of us a lot, <clears throat> how we feel confident about ourselves. And I think it's something that kind of evolves over time, because building confidence is a funny thing. To be totally truthful, it's not something that I've had every single day. And I still find myself in a rut occasionally trying to figure out if I'm doing life right. Like I doubt myself, I doubt my approach, and I feel not good enough so much. And I think some of that stems, you know, just from life in general, and being a woman and being a mom and just kind of wondering, like, am I doing this the right way? For the most part, though, I would say I've come a long, 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 long ways from being that timid, like self sabotaging, extremely self conscious person I used to be. And I think one of the biggest changes for me was focusing on my mindset and learning not to carry around other people's perception of me, which is huge. I think a lot of our self-confidence comes from owning who we are, which is incredibly hard to do. And I don't think that it's easy, you know, when you're a younger human being to be able to figure out 
who you are and if you like that person. And as cheesy as it sounds, I think we really need to focus on ourselves and learn wholeheartedly to love and appreciate who we are. I would be so self-conscious in my past that I would limit the things I would do. I would limit the places I would go, the things that I would say yes to, the people I'd hang out with. But I've learned that if somebody doesn't like me, that's okay. People don't have to like me, accept me, appreciate me, be entertained by me. People don't have to like who I am, but I do. You have to respect the person you are, the decisions that you make, and the trajectory of your life. Then what other other people think of you, it doesn't really matter. Those things can just roll off. There are some major things, and I still occasionally think that I have to detox from things like social media. I have to detox from my jealousy and insecurities that I have. I have to detox from wondering if I'm doing life right based on other people's experiences and lifestyles and successes. Because for me, that can limit where I go and the things that I do. And a lot of those feelings stemmed from past experiences, But literally some of my biggest insecurities were about things I was affirming to be true in my life, whether they were or not. I would argue that someone cannot hold a mindset of insecurity and retain confidence. So if you're somebody that's finding there's a lot of insecurities in your life, you have a lot of these self-affirming doubts or limiting beliefs, or you tell yourself often you're not doing it right, you're a failure, you're not capable of having success, you won't reach your goals, you're not smart enough. If you're telling yourself those things, you are believing those things to be true. So how will you change them? For me, confidence will come when you stop focusing or emphasizing or highlighting those negative things about yourself. We all have downfalls. We all have bad traits. We all have character issues. There's always going to be little things that you can pick apart. But if you see this little rip and you start picking at it, eventually that thing becomes so far from being fixed, right? You've got to try to get out a sewing kit and you've got to sew it back together, but you'll always see that wound, right? Stop picking at yourself. Stop making the things that you think are true your reality because you seriously have the control to gain your confidence. Give yourself a pat on the back. Appreciate yourself. How often do we as moms or as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as Hunters, as females, how often do you say, damn, I'm doing a good job at this? Probably not very often. And it, if, if so, it's probably in the mix of a lot of other negative feelings. And again, I go back to my previous, the previous part of this answer. I still struggle with confidence. I still feel not good enough. I still feel unworthy of the credit or recognition or kind things that people say to me. And it's like, girl, stop doing that. And I can't remember who it was. And I've heard it, you know, several places, but it, there was like this epiphany for me in my brain when somebody said one time, 
you know, somebody gave me a compliment. I think it was a, a physical compliment about how hard, you know, I, I've been working and my body looked great. And, and for me, body issues are something that have always kind of been in mind. Like I'm not somebody that worries about the scale at all. I don't, I don't think about, you know, I jokingly will say sometimes like, oh, I'm chubby or oh my gosh, this or that. But I, I don't really feel that way. But I do at the same time, because underlying, I always have this issue with feeling pretty, sexy, good looking, uh, fit in my clothes. Does my body look okay? And I think if we negate somebody's compliment, if your husband or partner or best friend say to you like, dude, you're looking good, nice work, accept the compliment. I think it's pretty natural for us to, you know, try to be humble or to try to brush things off and go, oh no, I haven't done anything. I'm, you know, still need to lose this 10 pounds or whatever. Accept the compliment. Thank you. Thank you. I am working. I am making sacrifices. I am trying. It's not flawless. That's okay. But I am trying. So accept those things because our insecurities will govern the places that we can go. Oh my gosh, this episode is lighting me on fire. I wish that I had a standing desk right now because sitting down to record this for me, like my hands are going a bunch of different places and I feel like I'm on fire. So I hope that you are enjoying this so far and we are going to jump in to question number two. All right. So this question is also from Washington and this is from Jessica um, she says, when dealing with depression, what are the things you remind or tell yourself every day? What do you do every day that helps you grow? <sighs> Where do I even begin? <clears throat> I hope that some of you just now thought, I want to know. I want to know because I'm there and I need to figure out how to talk to myself and how to navigate through this. And I don't love if you're there, but I love if you're there and you're listening because I feel like a huge part of the experiences that I've had and the depression that I've gone through and the traumatic events that I've endured have not been without, how do I say this? I don't feel like we go through experiences that change who we are as human beings who test us, who drive us into the ground, who drag us through the trenches without good being able to come from them. And I know that I'm saying that to somebody who may have been raped, who may have been sexually abused growing up, who may have lost a parent, who may be suffering from an illness. And I know that I'm saying that boldly, but I want to remind you that as dark as your storm may be, and as unbearable as you feel like those experiences are and have been, there is opportunity to do something, something good with those experiences. You have the opportunity to make good with those things. So I think to better answer this question, I want you to approach if you're there with the mindset that you can control the outcome of what happens. So to go into answering her question now, dealing with depression 
growing up especially. So I started to really notice this in my teens and then, you know, 18, 19, 20. And I think I really experienced depression, you know, that had a a hold on me from my teens until probably my mid 20s. And it started, you know, kind of early on and I talked to my mom and I don't know if she recognized I really wish that I knew exactly kind of how this unfolded because I started being prescribed all of these antidepressants and and you know, I tried Lexapro, Wellbutrin, you know, whatever they were. I try, I feel like I tried everything and I was working with my doctor and you know, it was just like, I started just to feel nothing, I guess, to, for the most part. And it was this very dramatic swing between, you know, feeling super down and sad and struggling. And, you know, I tried to commit suicide. And then I would feel nothing or I'd feel like there'd be something good happening. And I'd just be kind of like, numb. And so I worked for a long time to get off of the medicine. And for me personally, and this is not to say that you should or shouldn't, you know, only you know with your doctor what you should be doing. But I knew that being on medication was not right for me. I felt truly in my heart of hearts, even at a younger age, that this was like just dampening feelings, good, bad, happy, sad, whatever they were, it was dampening who I was and how I felt. And so I had to start working on where my mind was, what my actions were, what my habits were, how I was living my life, the trajectory that I was literally propelling myself forward could either be in a way that lined up with who I wanted to be, how I wanted to feel, or it could be where I was a lot of the time of partying, you know, drinking, staying up late, not exercising, eating terrible, you know, reaffirming very negative things in my life, reliving and not working through experiences that I had that damaged who I was as a woman. And so for me, I started to just remind myself every day that there is purpose to my struggle, that I went through those experiences so that I could do what I do now, empower women, help them find their feet, grab their hand and allow them to stand up again. And I know without a doubt, every single one of those experiences that I had has brought me to the place where now I help you, where now I talk to clients who have been abused, where now I talk to women who have no confidence, who tell themselves daily they're not good enough. I'm here standing up right now going, I've been through that. And I'm here to tell you, you've got this girl. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off. You don't have to feel like a million bucks, but you have to make yourself move forward so that you move out of this. The mindset that you tell yourself every single day is it doesn't matter what stands behind me. It only matters where I take myself next, what I do, how I approach my thoughts, the affirmations that I tell myself. And the thing that I feel like helps me grow every day is knowing that it's okay to have days where you don't like life, where you don't feel good enough, where you feel unsuccessful, where you feel fat, where you feel gross, where you feel unworthy. It's okay to have those days. And I feel like sometimes we live in a society that says, if you're feeling like that, something's wrong. Go talk to your doctor, get a pill, mask it. That is me telling you it's okay if you wake up and feel like crap in the morning, if you're unmotivated, if you're having a hard time staying in your tracks, that's probably just life. But it's it's what you do with that next 
I'm like talking so passionately right now. I'm getting hot. I have to take off my flannel. <clears throat> and I hope that you hear me when I say your actions and what you choose to do with the feeling of defeat defines you. If you get to a place of failure or a hiccup or a bump in the road and you go, well, that's it. Here I go. I failed again. Can't do this. We'll never be successful. Then that is going to be your life. <clears throat> if you choose right now at your next failure to go, you know what? I've got this. I might not be doing it right right now. It might take me five more years, 10 more years, half of the rest of my life to figure it out, but I will be diligent and I will be persistent in making my goals, making my life, making my happiness, making my confidence a priority. You can do that. So I think approaching these opportunities for growth is something that we shouldn't shy away from. If you're having a bad day, have your bad day. Know that tomorrow can be something different. Know that by dinner time, you might feel a different way. Don't feel like if you're in these moments, if you're experiencing these occasionally, that something's wrong with you. This is life. Life is hard. Life is incredibly hard. It takes a lot of figuring out. And the problem with that is it's constant. And it's an evolution of who we are. I don't think we are ever the same person. You know, we might look the same. We might have the same mentality or live by the same morals. But we are changing all of the time as we grow and as we have experiences, as our kids grow up, as our jobs change, as we move to different places, we become a little bit of those experiences. So if you wake up tomorrow or if you're listening right now and you feel like crap, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Focus on the positivity. Take time to reflect on your goals. Stop in your tracks and give yourself some credit. What have you done well? Did you brush your teeth? Did you floss? Did you make your kids breakfast instead of driving through McDonald's? Did you vacuum your car? Whatever you've done, give yourself some credit for it because I think you're doing a good job and you need to think the same thing. This next question comes from the hunting student. That is the Instagram handle. I do not have a name, unfortunately, but the question kind of rolls right into what I was just talking about. So it's probably an appropriate time to address this. What kind of a role would you say depression has had on your fitness journey the outdoor lifestyle, and decision to reach out with your podcast? A lot. Um, you know, I think the decision to move into any of those areas has always been based off of the negative feelings that I felt when I was growing up. Um, and to be totally, you know, straightforward with you, I feel like there are still times that I deal with the emotion of depression. I do not classify or feel that I have depression, but I think that we all experience times when we don't have our normal drive, when we don't have our normal spunk or positive thought process coming through. So I think that there's still lots of opportunity for me to feel like, ugh, especially after hunting season. I will raise my hand right now to say I go through a major funk when archery hunting is over, but the reason that I got into fitness in the first place, that was literally my lifeline 
out of dying. That was my, that was my way to undo the shit that I was going through. It was my way of gaining confidence and having control and building who I was, feeling my worth again. I could control that. I could go for a walk. I could hike up a mountain. I could lift weights. And when I did that, it allowed my body to feel good feelings, to have endorphins, to be supported, to feel strong, to feel empowered. And it was something that I could be in charge of every day. I might wake up and not feel good, or I might relive experiences that, you know, have this negative effect on my mindset, but I could also lace up my shoes and I could go to the gym or I could hit the mountain and I could, I could give myself a piece of happy. And, uh, again, I've talked about this on other episodes and other podcasts, but I started by walking every single day. Um, I got a calendar. I went to the dollar store, got a calendar. I put it in my pantry, which is something that I frequented often. And I put it there with a black Sharpie. And every single day that I went for a walk or that I worked out, I would put a giant X on that day on the calendar. And anytime I would open up that pantry door and I would see that sitting there, I would see that giant X. I would see all of the days being blacked out by my hard work. My confidence began to soar, not in feeling like, Ooh, I'm, I'm this great, awesome, you know, beautiful, whatever. I just felt like I, I'm good at this. I can be good at something. I can be consistent. I can try. I can put effort in myself. And that for me was a really good boost it was a boost that I needed. It was a boost that I I had to have that. And there were mixed into that time still opportunities for me to fall off and to lose that will to be successful. But I went back to what I knew, consistency, effort, persistence. Those things would carry me into the career that I have now. And I didn't know that at the time, you know, I had been working in fitness, I was a group uh, instructor, I taught spin, lifting classes, you know, worked at the gym, that was my life. But I didn't know that it would give me such confidence to be able to work with other women who have been through like minded things, um, who had shared the same kind of experiences. So my fitness journey was directly linked to the depression that I had experienced. As far as the outdoors and lifestyle, for me, that was something that I really grew up. I grew up as a hunter. I mean, literally from the time that I was a toddler, and I'll probably post these pictures at some point, we would go over to Central Oregon to the Silver Lake unit. And if you're listening and you know that unit, just know that place has my heart. I would go over there with my dad. My mom would take me over there occasionally. We had a little um, truck bed camper. And we would go over there. I thought it was the coolest thing. My dad always had these little mini Snickers bars. He brought the 22. You know, I couldn't, I was, I'm left eye dominant. I'm a right-handed shooter, but I'm left eye dominant. And I didn't know that at the time, but I had the hardest time in the world trying to shoot this 22 because I couldn't close and focus with my right eye. Um, I'd like talking like a pirate right now with my right eye closed or my left eye closed. Anyways, um, 
So I'd go over there and we had this fort that we built out of, you know, in these, this group of trees out of these giant pieces of ponderosa bark. And we'd put them up, we'd make these walls. My dad helped us, me and my sister build these shelves in there and we'd have pine cones and rocks on the shelves. And it was our store and we would sell this to my dad and my mom. And it was literally like the biggest, most grandiose memories I have as a kid were in this little wood fort in the middle of nowhere in Silver Lake. And, you know, as things progressed, I'd be really excited about going over and, you know, we'd see critters and, and, you know, my dad would tag game and, you know, uh, the story with my dad walking up, he took me to the frog pond and midway, you know, he shot that buck. Um, and oh my gosh, it was just, it was what I loved. And I remember, and I still think about this. I, I thought about it a lot on my Alaska trip. I like going places and looking at things, a rock, a twig, a tree, a, a critter, a, a footprint, and going, no one knows what I'm looking at. No one could ever even imagine or guess what I'm seeing right now. And second to that, I wonder if anybody else has ever been here before. I wonder if anybody's ever seen this in the way that I'm seeing this right now. And I literally can remember that probably from about the age 10, um, even, even if we'd be on a road driving somewhere, like I'd be thinking like, I wonder how many people have ever been here. You know, there's so many people in the world that will never experience and see these things that I'm seeing. So for me, the outdoors has always had my heart. Like it has always had the biggest love. Like, you know, obviously I love my family. I adore my children. I love working with my clients, but my connection to the outdoors is something that I could not live without. <clears throat> I have to be there. I have to experience it. I have to see it, feel it, you know, hear it. Um, so for me, I think the way that it directly relates to depression for me is it keeps me grounded and centered. When things are chaotic in my life or in my business or in my family or in my heart, being in the outdoors literally takes away all the noise for me. Even if I'm, you know, there's deadlines that are coming up or there's stress going on. If I walk out into the mountains, it disappears. It comes back when I come back, but it disappears. And it's definitely where I feel the most centered, the most balanced and one of the places that I will always feel the happiest. Um, the decision to reach out with my podcast, you know, kind of is all related to those things, working with clients, having um, a health coaching business and working with women to achieve their fitness goals. I wanted to have a platform where, you know, I would spend lots of my time talking to clients and texting my clients and encouraging them, sending them bits of motivation, celebrating victories with them. And I love that. But I began to feel like I was spread a little thin and where I was spending so much time kind of saying the same words of encouragement to a lot of people. And I knew if my clients who pay me to coach them need this help, if they need this motivation and if they need me to encourage them and to help hold their hand and to remind them of how awesome they are, other women need it too. And that was my main driving factor for starting the podcast. And I remember the, the point, and again, I've talked about this on podcast, but I fought the idea of having the podcast for so long. 
because I thought to myself, who am I? Again, goes back to my self-limiting. Who am I to give women this encouragement? Or who am I to think that these women need to hear what I have to say? But I remember where I was at. I was driving. It was literally a quarter mile from my house. I was going around this big corner and I was going back and forth like I'd battled for so long. And I was getting a little bit more towards having the show, but I wasn't quite there. And this indescribable feeling and assurance came over me that said, Courtney, if one person's life is changed, one person, one human being, if they listen to your words, if they change their life, if they forget about the desire to kill themselves, if they can undo the tangled mess of hurt and shame and self-destruction because of your encouragement, you could do this for the rest of your life. And that one purpose, that one person is your, is your person. So if that's you, or if I haven't spoke the words to change somebody's life yet, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I know in my heart of hearts that this is for a greater cause. It's not for me. It's not for the show. It's not for those who may be just kind of on the fence. You might pick up bits and pieces, but the words that I'm saying are, they stem from what I feel like I am led to speak. I'm going to leave it at that. Well, on account of me being particularly long-winded today, I'm going to answer one more question. I am going to make this two parts because I have something really cool coming up for you in part two of this, which will be coming out next week. Um, this question is from Josh. He is up in Canada. Thanks for popping in to ask the question. And he says, on a scale of one to 10, how much has the experience of mountain hunting affected your life? I feel like this question could have a lot of different connotations, a lot of different directions, but my overarching answer to this would be the experience of getting into the mountains and pushing myself, you know, especially on like an elk backcountry hunt or this last hunt that I had with Gina and Zach in Alaska for sheep. It's something that for me, I feel like has definitely been directly related to gaining confidence. And I'll give you an example of that. For a long time, for most of my life, I've struggled as being a student. I love to learn. I love to learn. It's pretty ridiculous. I would probably actually be a student for the rest of my life if it was lucrative. However, I've always struggled to feel not smart enough, not good enough. Um, like I couldn't, I couldn't learn and do things, which is not true. I, I know that, but you know, compared to the success of my sister, who is just like, she, you know, her brain was always on fire. She was always just learning and doing big things with her life. And so I kind of felt like, well, who am I compared to her? Or who am I compared to this person who's smarter or knows more or has different experiences? Anyways, that's, that was my mindset a lot of the time growing up. And it has kept me from doing some of the big things in my life that I wanted to do. One of them being pursuing my Bachelor of Science for wildlife management. And I went to this on this trip to Alaska 
and, you know, it's going through the mountains and doing these things and the, the pack out, which was incredibly difficult. And, you know, obviously physically, but mentally, I just kept going like, we're 30 miles in and my pack weighs over 100 pounds and my body is not feeling it. You know, I felt strong, but I think anytime you're you're pushing yourself through those kind of elements and terrain, you know, that that natural thought process of like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this can kind of creep in. And as the steps kind of, you know, kept coming and as we got, you know, five miles in, eight miles in, 12 miles in, 15 miles in, 25 miles in, as we had our last half mile to make it literally nearly 30 miles back to camp or back to the car, I kept thinking, I can do this. I've got this. I am freaking strong. And I kept telling myself, you can move mountains and you can do anything. If you can do this and put put yourself in a position to have a positive mindset and to make it out of here, you can do anything you want. So I got home and, you know, again, being out there in such a different place for me and, you know, being surrounded by moose and watching these doll sheep and, you know, seeing caribou, I kept thinking like, man, I, I'm taken back to this idea of pursuing wildlife management. And the idea of being a wildlife biologist to me immediately makes me think, Courtney, you can't do that. That's, that's, that's way above your area of expertise. And that's such a career shift. And that's such a different angle for you. You, you won't make it. But this trip literally had me home going, I'm going to look into applying for OSU. It's the number one ranked wildlife biology program there is. And I'm going to apply for it. And I'm not here to say, count me in, I'm doing this. I'm here to say, I now have the confidence to see if that's something I want to pursue. I have the confidence coming home, literally telling myself, Courtney, you can do anything. Not not flawlessly, not glamorously, but you can do it. You might crawl. You might pull yourself up a mountain using branches. You might be on your hands and knees praying for strength, but you will succeed in the end. It's a matter of where your mindset goes. So back to Josh's question, on a scale of one to 10, how has the experience of mountain hunting affected my life? A 10. It's a 10. It's affected everything. It's the way it's, it's in how hard I work so I can get time outside. It's in boosting my confidence to the point of knowing I can conquer anything. It's in getting my moments of refreshing my soul so I can come home and be the mom that my children need me to be. So I can lead by being a strong example, not just just lead by being a leader, but I can lead by having strong example and influence over the people around me. So without a doubt, hunting in the mountains specifically has changed everything about my life, who I am, what I feel like I'm capable of, and apparently how I talk with my hands when I'm recording a podcast episode. I truly feel like I have the energy right now to knock out the rest of these questions, but for the sake of what I have coming up in the next episode, I'm going to leave this as part one right now. Part two will be with some really cool special guests that will be helping me answer the questions that you've had. 
So if you have anything else that you want to ask, you can jump over to my Instagram page at her inspired journey. You can comment on one of the posts that I have there. You can also jump into my DMs and send me a direct message. Maybe it's something that's a little bit more personal or it's something that you just want to leave kind of anonymous. You can go ahead and put it over there. But I am really looking forward to getting back on here with you next Wednesday. Our show airing date has changed. It is going to be every Wednesday to celebrate you instead of every Monday. So I hope that you go over there. You leave me a question or a comment. You can also do me a big favor by helping me grow the podcast by subscribing to the show leaving a review, giving me a comment, or giving me a shout out on social. If you enjoyed this episode, you could take a screenshot of it on your phone, post it in your story or on your feed, share it on Facebook, Instagram, however you would like, regardless of how you do that or if you do that, I appreciate you listening in. And I, again, hope that my words give you a little boost of confidence yourself, give you some encouragement and help you keep the desire to move forward, to move the needle in your life and to find your success. I also think a little bit of my excitement today on top of answering these questions that I feel so connected to is directly stemmed from the new mastermind line by wilderness athlete. I am not one that takes supplements a lot. In fact, on my entire Alaska hunt, all I brought was protein and hydrate and recover for supplementation and I felt bomb. But the new mastermind line is a line of nootropics, which are essentially supplements that help your brain work at full capacity. The uh, the edge, which is what I took this morning, is a mental clarity uh, enhancing supplement that helps you just feel more on fire, more capable, more long-winded apparently, but it's definitely given me the boost that I needed this morning. I'm trying to catch up on sleep from my trip and some work projects that I go have going on, so this has been my go-to lately. It definitely helps accelerate brain fun- function, enhances memory, sharpens focus, and makes you talk with your hands a whole lot. There are some big things going on with Wilderness Athlete, especially for women. So make sure that you head over to wildernessathlete.com. I will also put a link in the show notes for you. Every Wednesday, we are releasing content that it directly speaks to you, your goals, your fitness, your health, and your lifestyle. So if you want to get bits and pieces and articles that will also help support where you want to go in life, make sure that you hit the link in the show notes to head over to the Women of WA Project. Once you're there, if you end up finding something online that you can't live without, and I'm guessing you will, please use the code WOMENOFWA to save at checkout. That is WOMENOFWA, W-O-M-E-N-O-F-W-A. You'll save at checkout, and trust me, you don't want to miss what they have going on. All right, guys, until next time, I hope you have a fantastic week. If you are finding successes, having victories, or need a little bit more encouragement, make sure you drop me a line. You can either send it to my email or you can also reach out on social media. Be sure that you are hashtagging her inspired journey. All right, talk to you next time. Well, ladies, that does it for this show for today. I hope that you found some inspiration some good advice and definitely some encouragement to take with you on the rest of your week. I'm already looking forward to coming back next week and giving you some more insight, some inspiration, and some tips on how to navigate your best life. 
please be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Your feedback is so important to me. I would love to know the questions that you have, any topics or ideas and your feedback. You are so valuable to me and I really appreciate you taking the time to leave the review and subscribe to the show. See you next week on Her Inspired Journey.